beloveds, welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what our Christian sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us as white folks about our role in resistance, in showing up, and in liberation? What wisdom is there for us as white Christians in these troubled, violent times of pandemics, rising authoritarianism, and racial capitalism? What beauty can we find in our resistance? I'm Reverend Ann Dunlap, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a United Church of Christ minister, and I'm the faith organizing coordinator for Showing Up for Racial Justice, or SURGE. And I live in the place currently called Buffalo, New York, here in the homelands of the Haudenosaunee peoples. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith and is particularly designed for white Christians. White Christians talking to other white Christians about race and white supremacy. We believe white Christians like us, like me, have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy, to speaking up and showing up and disrupting white supremacy where we find it, including in our own Christian tradition. And we do this work remembering we are building up a new world, This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the Freedom Movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. The word is resistance. Beloveds, as I write this, it's the day after election day. We originally didn't have anyone signed up for this week, but given the weight of these midterms, I wanted to offer a few thoughts about our text for Sunday in light of that. There are still votes being counted, but we already know we had some important wins and also some losses that make my gut clench. And maybe you're a little like me, not sure whether to feel hopeful or encouraged or scared or wary or maybe even all those together at once which, you know, is a lot for our fleshy, tender bodies to hold. Our texts this week in the lectionary are really right there with us. How are we supposed to feel? What are we supposed to think about this moment we are living through right now? Is it the beginning, the middle, the end? And the beginning, middle, or end of what, actually? So there's Isaiah 65 singing in God's voice. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I'm creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. And Isaiah 12 is all, Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my might. They have become my salvation. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Then there's Malachi. Did you forget there was a prophetic book called Malachi? Because I actually did. Anyway, the prophet Malachi is going off. See, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. Psalm 98 is bringing us, O sing to the Lord a new song, 
For God has done marvelous things. God's right hand and holy arm have gotten the victory. But then somebody writing to Thessalonica in Paul's name, 2 Thessalonians, takes on a seemingly unrelated but practical concern. For even when we were with you, they say, we gave you this command. Anyone unwilling to work should not eat. For we hear that some of you are living in idleness, mere busybodies, not doing any work. Now such persons we command and exhort in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Brothers and sisters, do not be weary of doing what is right. And then finally, there's the gospel, a very different tone coming through Luke. When you hear of wars and insurrections, Jesus says, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then Jesus said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places, famines and plagues. And there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over for punishment. And you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. There's a lot going on in there, and just selected bits of what are actually fuller texts in the lectionary. A lot of what feels like victory just around the corner, or maybe even has already happened. But also that things are or are going to be really bad. Which is it? Victory or violence? And I think, you know, it's all of it at once. And I don't mean in a time and history flattening way that denies reality and our emotions about it, but in recognizing that at different moments in their history, our biblical beloveds experienced all of it. Pharaoh did get drowned in the Red Sea. And also, there was a ton of violence committed against the people that often felt like the end of the world. And we get to hold all of that in our hands, in our hearts and bodies, as we hold our sacred text together. We might be feeling like Isaiah or the psalmist about keeping some fascists out of office and Kentuckians shutting down an abortion ban. We might be feeling like Malachi or Luke raging and aware of the violence still at hand. We may be annoyed that people are still sitting on their asses when there's vital, urgent work to be done. All of that and more is held in our text. Our ancestors in the faith know what we are going through. And it feels serendipitous to me that these are our texts for this week, post-midterms elections 2022, that brought us some beautiful victories and also some really scary shit too. All of that is true at once. And the wisdom here for us is that we don't have to choose one or the other. I don't have to choose whether to shout victory about Kentucky access winning or to weep that a majority of voters in my beloved home state, Arkansas, elected fascists to major offices. We don't have to choose between our feelings. However you are feeling this week, this moment, all of that is held here. All of that is welcome here. As I said, It's a lot to hold, but being real about both the victory and the violence both honor our humanness in this moment 
and also help us be more clear about what moves to make next. Because the other thing that is really clear in these texts and in this election is that we have good, vital work still to do. Even the victorious new thing in Isaiah is embodied, enfleshed in human community and interrelationship with creation. The work doesn't stop just because God did the new thing. And Paul, or Paul's later substitute, and Jesus are looking back into their tradition and remembering what it took to get to freedom and are building on that in their own moment. You can't just wait for change to come. You, we, have to create it, shape it, bend it, nourish it, protect it. The arc of the moral universe doesn't bend towards justice all by itself. And we see throughout our sacred text how people did this, how they navigated through victory and violence. First off, they were clear about the violence the powerful were inflicting on the people instead of crying peace, peace, where there was no peace. They were clear about the dangers and the risks. And also they fed people. They healed people. They sheltered and protected people. They built networks of mutual aid that didn't rely on the empires that were stealing their well-being from their fields and families. They turned towards one another, and they built communities of solidarity across difference, where they practiced living out anti-imperial values like hospitality and generosity and mutual care. They expanded definitions and formations of family and community that, and included the land and its creatures in their understanding of thriving. They celebrated wins, and they took the time to lament and grieve and even to yell and cuss at God. They organized, and they developed leaders, and they fought. And they kept going. They kept going. Sometimes it felt like they could taste freedom on the wind of the coming week. Sometimes it felt like they'd be in the lion's den forever. But they kept going. Even when their hearts were breaking, they kept going. Even when they were terrified, they kept going. Even when they won, they kept going. They rested, they regrouped, and they kept going. However you're feeling right now about things, beloveds, in this complicated moment of victory and violence, let's keep going. Let's hold ourselves and our tender, fleshy selves with all the care and love we can muster and keep going. this week is two things that are related to each other. So first of all, keep going. (laughs) Rest, regroup, and keep going. The fact that we actually did have some victories, enough to hold off a fascist takeover in some places to some extent in this moment, does not mean that things are fine now. Racial capitalism will want you to think so. But there is so much more good work to be done and we cannot let up the fight. And second of all, 
We white folks have to resist the temptation to write off our people, and there are already hot takes tempting us to do so. This is not to ignore the fact that white folks, in particular white Christians, are far and away the group most responsible for standing in the way of building a society that centers collective thriving. The right has invested vast resources into assuring this is so. And we at Surge know that turning away from our people is not a winning strategy. We know and have shown in our work that when we turn towards our people, when we turn towards our people, we can win them back. Beth Howard, Surge's Appalachia organizing director, said today that we have to stop ceding territory to the right, investing only in places already blue. When we talk to white people about what they care about and what they need, when we can hang with them through the tough conversations, they will change their minds. They'll begin to see their stake in a multiracial movement for freedom. That's what can happen when we turn towards our people. We'll want to push our people away and be the perfect ones, Beth says, but we have to turn towards them instead. So the extra combo pack of the calls to action to keep going and turn towards our people is to make sure you're connected to Surge because we can give you plenty of opportunities and support to do both. You can get involved with a local chapter and sign up for our national network too. If you're not sure if you're on our national list, sign up for faith updates and that'll get you both on our main national list as well as the list to receive faith-specific organizing opportunities. Uh, Links in the transcript and social media and on our website. Also, Surge is already set up to bring volunteers in for the Georgia runoff. Check the transcript and our social media for the link to sign up. Our phone banks will reach out to have deep, transformative conversations with white voters because we know that white folks have so much to gain from a progressive agenda. Don't let the word phone bank scare you off. These are powerful conversations folks are having that will have long-term impacts, not only just for this election cycle. Our phone banks to white voters were key to defeating the abortion ban in Kentucky, and people had life-changing experiences on the phones. This is a great opportunity to practice turning towards our people in a space that is held with a lot of love and care. So give it a try. Beloveds, thanks as always for joining us from wherever you are on this good earth. We'd love to hear from you all, especially from folks of color and non-Christian folks, by filling out the listener survey on our podcast page at surge.org. And give us a like or rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our podcast. You can find out more about Surge at surge.org, and our podcast lives on SoundCloud. Search on the words resistance. Transcripts are available as well on our website, which include references, resources, and action links. We'll be back next week with a resistance word from M. And of course, a huge thanks to our sound editor who thought she had the week off, but here we are. Uh, thanks, Claire. We're so grateful for you. Blessings, friends, to all that you do to resist injustice and in all that you do to build up a new world. Let's keep going together. Love and liberation, beloveds. Love and liberation. Until next time, I'm Reverend Ann Dunlap.
Yeah.